Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Coming from California, here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Joining me right outside the Dolby Theater in Los Angeles, as always, Aaron Alvarado. Aaron, how you doing? Doing pretty good. I'm standing here on the red carpet. Um, it's me and Spike Lee. We're just holding each other, celebrating our big win on Sunday. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. good. It's a big night for I, you, too. Yeah, it's a very, very big night. Um, the guy's a hugger, so... Yeah, it, both it, it legs wrap around. Win. Oh, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, joining us from the Pop Culture Footnotes podcast, our resident Oscars expert, Shannon Williams. How you doing? Ooh, good. Glad to be back. Well, I am I'm excited to jump right into this. We're going to do two things. We are going to, of course, give a recap of the Oscars uh, from Sunday night. And I want to also do a recap of the Oscars that aired in 2009 that covered the 2008 movies. Uh, this is this is actually an idea I've been wanting to do for the our podcast episodes where we like revisit past years just to see if the Academy got it right. Um, Unfortunately, The Ringer started doing this recently, so I feel like it's a they stole my idea, but it's not going to stop me uh, from doing it anyway. They actually did a podcast recently on the Oscars, from, I believe, five years ago. So we're going to go 10 years ago. And uh, mostly just because I feel like these the Oscars are judging movies uh, and, and works of art that like way prematurely, uh, especially with film. I feel like it needs time to breathe. It needs time to sit. And then we look back on past years wondering how certain films how raging bull didn't win best picture how it how it took all the way till um for what i mean for martin scorsese to win an oscar in 2000 what was that six uh seven i'm trying to remember when the departed came out but it's around there it's around there yeah his best he got passed up from winning for all his best stuff and that's just because the oscars uh, i mean the academy voters i should say i have knee-jerk reaction to these things so I want to revisit the uh, the 2008 Oscars that um, yeah to go through the main categories and talk about whether we think they got it right. So, well, I think the um, Oscars it's kind of similar to like uh, in pro sports when they do the draft. You can't judge your drafts like the next year. You have to go back and you have to look in like five or six years at least to see you know did they end up taking the right kids. It's the same thing with the Oscars. A lot of these movies age like fine wine. And then some age like a loaf of bread on uh, the, <laughs> the countertop. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, like we'll go over the list and some of these movies are just really bad in retrospect. So that's part of the yeah. fun, I think. Well, what I, do you I, well yeah. What, go ahead. I was gonna, what do you think is the right amount of time then? Is five years, <laughs> like if we were to hold the ceremony so many years later, would yeah. five years be enough? Does it take longer? <laughs> I think it's a good question. I think we could do it in as little as three. Um, five is probably the sweet spot. I mean, obviously, none of this would ever happen because there's a million financial reasons why they want to, you know, uh, oh, yeah. crown these films, <laughs> crown the best movie of the year immediately. And, and I get that. But, like, I, I would be comfortable with three. Um, I mean, it's amazing how quickly some of these, like, I mean, some of these didn't age well before the telecast even started. Like, it was already <laughs> bad. You know, it was just like the oh, fact yeah. that. Well, I mean, we saw we saw it in real time with Green Book when the movie first yeah. came out. There was a nice yeah. little wave. It was actually winning awards yeah. at festivals. Oh yeah, and we yeah. heard about the hype of this movie, Green Book. That Critics was were loving out. it. 
Yep. And then and then the movie drops and then it just the, the backlash um hit yeah. it pretty hard, <laughs> I would say. Oh, yeah. yeah. The backlash. And then now it's come around again. Enormous. So. Backlash yeah. to the backlash then, which mm-hmm. caused it's, it to well, win. It's, it's just funny because <laughs> exactly. it was a locomotive. It, I mean, it was a train that had left the station. Like it, as, mu- as much of the heat as it got, as big as the backlash got, it was too late. I mean, it was yeah. it, it was already gone, which is which is such a fascinating thing. Uh, and, I, and I think that's, yeah, that's why so many of these don't age well when we look back at which what, what movies won. Um, because I can tell you, the year Crash came out, that movie was buzzing. I, I, it really was. It, People were loving it. Seriously, it really, yeah. like it absolutely was. I, I mean, we, Aaron and I both worked at a movie theater that year, so like you hear, obviously not just what your employee, like fellow coworkers, or you know, think of it, but you hear you're dealing with people every day coming out of the theater. It, there was a real buzz, and it didn't age well beyond that. Uh, but I, it wasn't surprising when it won. It, it was kind of like, oh yeah, it was one of the more popular films of the year, and then not even twelve months later, it was like, oh whoa, like uh oh. <laughs> That was not what were we thinking? the right call. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what have we done? Um, yeah. I mean, that's one of the more egregious examples. But um, leading into this Oscars telecast, there was obviously a, a whole host of dramas, to pun intended, um, because there was no host. And I'm, I'm curious to get Shannon's take on just all the with all the drama leading in and what you know, it felt like this was going to be a disaster of an evening with no host. Oh, yeah. The fact that they were... <laughs> that they were going to do like pull some categories and do it during the commercial. And then they weren't. And then they were only do some of the songs and then now they're going to do all of them. And is it going to be too long? And I want to know your take was the, was the evening a disaster? Did it work? Well, so my podcast, you know, we recapped all of the disasters. Yes. I think I said there, yeah, this is going to be a train wreck of all train wrecks. Um, But (laughs) to probably everyone's surprise, I thought it was fine. And actually, so the ratings went up a little bit. It seemed like the next day everyone's impression was, great, we should never have a host ever. (laughs) Like, this is the best one we've done in several years. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say that. Um, I do think that there are things about it that would have been better with a host. But overall, I mean, it moved a lot more quickly. Not having a host got rid of a lot of the dumb things I don't like about the Oscars, at least in recent years. Um, they've like been the doing gimmicky displays or, or the like common person kind of bits yeah. or whatever, like let's Bring have in the people. <laughs> yes, exactly. The tour bus of people come in or was it last year they went to a theater and brought some of the stars out there and like those bits just are bringing pizza and there's always these jokes about celebrities being hungry during the oscars um all of those were just time consuming and dumb (laughs) so i don't think we needed any of that um there were fewer montages so that was good um I think in the end, after all the feedback they got about their dumb ideas, they ended up cutting the right things that no one actually cared about. So, yeah, I, w- I was surprised at how well it worked without a host, but I do think it's this is the exception, not the rule. Like I, I wouldn't yeah. assume that this is the best path forward. I think it was helped by the fact that they had good presenters. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. right off the bat, we had a great bit from Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and Maya Rudolph. I, I also think that Melissa McCarthy and Brian Tyree Henry's bit was hilarious. Uh, and, I mean, John Mulaney and Aquafina less hilarious, but still, like, I mean, it was a good lineup Funny. of, you know, comedy. Yeah, so you still got a good dosage comedy. It was entertaining for the most part. Like, I'm surprised that, that it worked. I will say, though, 
some of those categories that they were planning on doing during the commercial break, I wish they would have done during the commercial break. <laughs> Not cinematography. Um, and hair and makeup. <laughs> oh boy, was that the one where they were just struggling with getting they their had notes the out same to... yeah notes that they were all trying to share to oh read off gosh. the people they were thinking. And she was for. trying to read off, and he's like, "No, no, you've already said that part. Go to this yeah. part." And it was just so awkward. And it was like, "Oh, you guys think that we care about the makeup acceptance yeah. of speech? You know, what I mean, like we're here to hear. We're here for Glenn Close's acceptance speech. Come on, like let's let's get moving. Like say that you love your mom. Let us know whether or not you believe in God, and get off the stage. Let's just do this. Yep. You know? like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, that was that was one of the low moments no, for me. I did. I felt definitely. yeah, it was cringy. But anyway, so when they um, when they announce the next toast, what do you think? Where do you think they'll go with it? Where do you guys think they'll go comedian? They'll go um, actor? It's The Rock. Oh, it's think? 100% The Rock. Okay. Well, they the Rock wanted or him. Trevor Noah? Because <laughs> yeah. they admitted they wanted The Rock originally. So, so I okay. wouldn't be surprised if they went back So, So they him. wouldn't go the comedian route. They wouldn't go with someone that's funny, it sounds like. <laughs> I mean, I, people seem to respond... <laughs> Is he not funny? I guess he's not. Trevor Noah? I mean, <laughs> I he's, is he funny? I don't. Aaron, is Trevor Noah funny? I don't. I can. Ba- I can barely understand him. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. No, he's funny. He's funny enough. No, he's I'm just not really my cup of tea. I prefer The Rock. I mean, if they're gonna go with The Rock, then I'll probably. The Rock could put on a show. Out. The Rock yeah. could put yeah. on a show. I think I, The Rock could be fun. Yeah, I'd like to see him bring some of his uh, WWE buddies out. Like, just bring out some old school wrestlers with them. Just do it, yeah. Do why there's not? Mu- there's intro music for the yes. presenters, like yeah, the physical. Bring out like a folding chair. Yeah, bring the cage the out. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or would we be down for Key and Peele uh, hosting? Because oh, oh, they did have you know Key Michael Key introduce something. He was was he introducing a Mary Poppins song, or he came down with oh, yeah. an umbrella and like floated yeah. down from the ceiling. And I thought, yeah. oh, this guy could hold up the whole Oscars. I think. Well, you know what's so, amazing is Jordan Peele has already grown out of ever taking that uh, that gig. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> it'd have to be he would be Keegan on his own. Like, yeah, probably. Like Jordan Peele, I really feel like that he's at a stage now where he's just like, what do I have to gain by doing this? Like, yeah, that's nothing. very true. If he were still <laughs> in the in the middle of doing the Keen Peele sketch, you know, on Comedy Central, yeah. it'd make a little more sense because it would it would be a natural like, okay, bigger audience, like next stage, but like. The dude's an Oscar winner, and he's making yeah, movies he's, that everyone wants to see. He's basically just doing his friend a solid at that point. That's what he'd yeah. be doing. Yeah, yeah. Keegan Michael Key, by the way, he takes that phone call in a heartbeat. In a <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's yeah, yeah. And I think he would do a good job, but yeah, I don't think yeah. I don't even think Jordan Peele is good enough friend to agree to to do with him. I don't I don't think he would. And no, he shouldn't. probably not. <laughs> it's only gonna hurt his stock if he's doing that. He has that. too much to lose. <laughs> so. Shannon, what was your? I want to know what your highlight was of the evening, or if you have a few, what were they? Like, what were the highest moments for you? Yeah. Um. So I love Tina and Amy Maya. So that was a really good way to start. Um. Honestly, I don't know why they don't just host everything. I know that's there's nothing in it for them to do that, but it would be way more entertaining for the rest of us. Um. The uh. Presenters for Best Costume Design, you mentioned, so Melissa McCarthy and Brian Terry Henry getting up there. I love the favorite, so having her with that um, Queen's outfit with all the rabbits on it, like, I instantly got the joke, and it was very funny. <laughs> um, 
what else? I mean, as far as winners, um, like yeah. I just said, I love the favorite. Olivia Coleman was a hundred percent my favorite. Not just because, I mean, I think I texted you before. I thought she was better than Glenn Close and Lady Gaga in her film. Yeah. And so, if I had to pick, she's the one I would have picked. But I didn't really expect her to win. And so, it was genuinely surprising. One of the only few surprising things that happened. And she's just a delight and gave a great speech. And, it was the most yeah. surprising moment, right? I mean, yeah. The, oh, hands down. She seemed clearly like, uh, like <laughs> really shocked. Uh, yeah, and she, she apologized was, to Glenn Close. Like she knew. <laughs> she knew. She knew. Who was she supposed knew. To she knew. And of course, the the cameras cut to Glenn, which is so unfair. I feel like in those moments, you know, um, Glenn but, like, Close, she was a pro about is, it. I mean, of course. And Glenn Close wearing a gold dress, like she was ready, <laughs> oh, she was ready. that whole she was ready. night. Well, she she'd was been ready to all accept of the that awards thing. leading up. I know. To it. And everyone yeah. in the inner circle, her publicist, family, friends, everyone is telling yeah. her, "Oh yeah, this is it's locked up. Oh it's yeah, you. this is your year. It's all you." She's been she had it ready. This was finally after being snubbed so <sighs> many times. She's she's gonna get that that you know long elusive Oscar. But no, yeah. Now, truth be told, she's not gonna get an Oscar in no. her life. Like no. that's. <laughs> That's like that's a very likely really? outcome. Now. Yeah, you don't I think, think she? Yeah. She's if I were to think, if, if there were betting odds, I would I would bet that this was her moment. This was her chance. And the Academy's like, yeah. nah, nah. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. I yeah. was a little bummed. Happy for Olivia Coleman. I don't know. I mean, I don't feel strong yeah. one way or the other. I like surprising moments, so I like when it's you yeah. know the unpredictability. But I did feel a little bit of me was like, oh, Glenn Close. She was oh, so yeah. good as Cruella Deville in One Hundred and One Dalmatians, <laughs> and I just. Speaking of one of her snubs, um, uh, but yeah, I'm tempted to ask if you've seen the wife and steal the big pictures bit, but I won't. No. <laughs> that that movie, if that movie had been better, but the thing with best actress is that actresses frequently win for bad movies, so yes. I don't think that was holding her back. I don't know what kept her from winning. That's it's a mystery. Yeah. Hey Shannon, so do you have your the... final score on the? Because uh, I know oh, you did yeah. that. You filled out a whole scorecard for the Oscars. Yeah, I got seventeen out of twenty-four. That, wow. Seventeen out of twenty-four. That's amazing. No, really, I did a lot better last year. <laughs> what did you get? What did you get last year? I think I got twenty last year. Oh wow! Yeah, that is a lot better. What was the so, one you're most disappointed you got wrong? You're like ah, oh, I should like. Um. Oh, now I'm trying to think. I guess Olivia Coleman. I'm, you know, I'm assuming. Is one of them. Yeah, but I mean, that was so surprising. I think yeah. about everyone missed that. Um, I didn't call Green Book, although halfway through the ceremony, mm-hmm. when screenplay was announced, I said, "Well, it's going to be Green Book." Now. So, yeah, <laughs> like, can was... I change my answer? Yeah. Um, which one? I didn't. I called Black Panther for one of the technical awards, um, for costume design, but not for mm. production. So wish I had put both. Same with Bohemian Rhapsody. I should have just figured it would sweep all those things it was up for. But I have more faith in the Academy than that. <laughs> so I, I was going to ask you how you felt with the momentum of the show. Because oftentimes this happens where it starts and you have a handful of kind of front runners that have somewhere between six or seven to 12 or 13 nominations. And it's like, okay, who's going to start picking up early awards? And you start to feel the night turn one way or, or, or another. And, and I felt... I felt pulled a little bit. Like there was a quick minute where I thought Black Panther maybe had a puncher's chance at the big prize. Uh, and then there was a minute with Bohemian Rhapsody where I'm like, wait, is this going yeah. Bohemian? And then there was, then it, you know, it was like, then it went to, of course, Green Book. So for you, Green Book 
it was when it won the Oscar for uh, screenplay. Is that when you knew? Yeah, and well before that. So once it got to then, I said, I mean, it could still be Roma, but I had a real feeling it was either going to be Green Book or yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody at that oh, yeah. point. Yeah. But, but then, yeah, the screenplay then, not going to the favorite, which had picked it, that screenplay had picked up so many awards, so for them to give it to Green Book, I, yeah, it felt yeah. like it was turning in their direction. Yeah, it's so, yeah, that's, that's, if they, yeah, if the Academy picks that one over those, <laughs> over yeah. the other nominees, yeah, it's a All the better screenplays in that category. It still surprised me, though. I still didn't think it was going to win Best Picture by the time we got there. I still, <sighs> especially with Alfonso, uh, Quaron winning best director I thought for sure well not for sure but I felt I started to lean like oh it's it's gonna be Roma which by the way this is the second time uh, Alfonso's won a best directing Oscar where his film didn't win best picture the first time of course being Gravity uh, which is such yeah. an interesting thing it's you know it's more like I guess the history of the Oscars statistically if the director wins it's more than likely that that will also although recent years that's kind of gone away from that but that's right. kind of been the the uh, the way it's gone. And so he's has this weird thing where he's got two Oscars for be- being so the best I'm, director of movies that didn't get best picture. I'm a little fuzzy on what the qualification between best picture and best director is like, what's the distinction no. between the two? So awards? is the Academy. It's, it's just a way to spread out the love of, of yeah. handing out the trophies. Got it. Uh, I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, there's no reason why one should get it. And the other one should, there's no reason green book should win best picture and Roma gets the best director one. There's just no reason. It's not, if you were Especially the best director that year and you direct, you were the very best and you did it, then you made the best movie. Like that's that's the way it works. Yeah. Especially when Green Book wasn't nominated for best director at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, lo- I love that, that the Academy uh, was determined to get Green Book to win, but they still held their nose at Peter Farrelly, the director of Dumb and Dumber, being even nominated for best director. <laughs> uh, co-director of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Sorry, co-director. <laughs> no, no disrespect to Bobby. <laughs> uh, so, Do you remember? So, was it Peter or Bobby that was on Project Greenlight? It was. It was Peter. That, so there you go. I was. I look. I tried to workshop some Project Greenlight jokes uh, to tweet oh, out, you know, nice. during the Oscars, yeah, and I realized yeah. you and I might be the only people who watched that season of Project Greenlight, <laughs> and these jokes are for no one. Man, everybody um, else missed out because that season was great. Oh, it's incredible. Was there more than one season? Of, mm-hmm. I never watched that yeah. show. There was yeah, more than one season This is the of most it. recent and yeah, season. Okay. And basically, he, he comes on to help. He plays this, you know, he, he just wants to be a helpful producer uh, and be a, a, a kind of a, a mentor to the filmmaker mm-hmm. that won, you know, and, and help guide and give him it. And he, he seems, at least, again, he's in front of the camera, but it's, he seems authentically interested in just helping out. Like, it's not like he's there for the paycheck of, you know, Project Greenlight. Uh, but he's there to help Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, who I'm sure are friends of his. He's it's kind of an I scratch your back, you scratch my situation. I'm sure. Um, and uh, there well, was another producer uh, on that was um, a very volatile and confrontational producer, and she got upset at Peter Fairley for doing something that was completely harmless and not nothing that that she should have been upset about. She thought um, he was stepping on her toes by giving some, you know, piece of advice. To, uh, the filmmaker about why he should shoot on digital instead of film and she uh, was very upset about it and Peter was like I I don't have time for this I'm like I'm leaving and so in the middle of the season he's just like don't I'm I'm out I'm not I don't want to help anymore I got movies like, I'm working on a, I'm working on a movie that's gonna win an Oscar it's called Green Book <laughs> so leave me alone uh, anyway. do you remember so what his the name of the uh, was terrific 
so Matt Damon and uh, Greg Kinnear were, played Siamese twins in a, in a movie that was directed by the Fairley Brothers. <laughs> Stuck mm-hmm. on you. Stuck on you. Mm-hmm. There you go. Why do yeah. I know these things? That's so funny. There's got to yeah. be well, something more useless or more useful no, for me to know. It's very than useful. That movie. It's why you're on this podcast with us. <laughs> it's perfect. All, yeah. To us, this you're is incredibly the useful. Oh, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> Oh gosh, that, that's not a good movie, by the way. Stuck on you. It's not. No, I have not seen them. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. I think yeah. also I think Siamese twins is an offensive term, so I apologize. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was like, I don't think that's the preferred term. Isn't it conjoined? <laughs> it is conjoined. Is twins. That, okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I was born of a different Jeez. era. I, you gotta yeah. just forgive Aaron me. Aaron was a huge fan of Green Book. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I like I'll the message me, about Green Book more than anything. um some highlights for me though spike lee getting his oscar oh absolutely and look i like i enjoy black Klansman, but this is one of those situations where he was due for his oscar he was passed over for uh movies that he shouldn't have been passed over for both nominations and win and so i'm just grateful that they gave it that he got one i I mean it was it's but it is a career achievement oscar yeah Uh, it is his best film he's made in probably eight years but it's a career achievement oscar so it was cool to see that um i know you're a big fan of a star is born so that shallow performance i i forgot to talk about it i'll talk about it now it was amazing (laughs) and i know that people are very split on this but i love that movie i think lady gaga and bradley cooper need to be together and so i was gonna say that i loved the the drama of the moment because they after right after i don't know if you watched Right after the song was done, and it cut to the seat as they walked back to go sit down, and oh, no. Bradley Cooper's wife was gone. She just she was not. Was she really gone? Didn't come back in. Yeah, she she looked at. So, she's like, how? Why are they looking at each other that way? What? Bradley. All that was there was the dog. The oh, dog gosh. was sitting there in front of the seat. Uh, I mean. This has been memed all over the internet and talked about, but oh, like yeah. there is a level of like I know that they're playing a part and they're selling it yeah. by like trying to play those characters, but they're not those characters. They're themselves but performing they, a song. Before the Oscars, they said we are not performing this is Allie and Jackson Mame. We are performing this as Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Yeah. The fact yeah, they that they exactly specifically right. said that makes me think, yeah. oh, so you're madly in love with each other. So you're madly in love with each other. And they just they just did this whole little like, publicity stunt in Vegas uh, during one of yeah uh, you know G- G- so Gaga's got this huge concert in Vegas. Bradley Cooper is just there in the crowd, just a spectator, and she's gonna play shallow. And she's like, "Hey, Bradley, just puts him on the spot." There's no way he knew ahead of time that this was gonna happen, and he acts all surprised. Gets up there, um, gives a oh, vi- a middling performance at best. <laughs> Um, so I didn't and, see any of it. Did I, he look, at least go like full on uh, sunburn look, like in the movie? Yeah, he's, uh, he gets up there and he's applying the bronzer. <laughs> to his, I'm like, dude, easy, don't go too dark. Um, but yeah, it. Um, but he gets up there and just their body language towards each other. It's just like, can we? Can oh, we? Yeah. Can you give us a, a like? Give us a heads up of whether or not you're acting right now, or if this is how you honestly feel about each other. Because like the way like they. Well, like rub each other's backs and the physical yep. stuff. Like, you know, I don't consider myself like a deeply jealous person, but if if that were Lindsay up there, I, I would I would have problems with it. Like, I just would. I mean, those her are, eyes never left him. Like, she was staring into his eyes the entire performance. Yeah. Can you blame her? Yeah. So no, <laughs> I can't. 
I just, it makes me wonder how many conversations that Bradley's had to have with his poor wife about this and, and like what those conversations, because they have. Yeah. There's no way it's not talked about. Yeah. It's just yeah, a weird thing. I so know. I don't know. They're performing. It, you know, I realize it's from the movie and yada yada. But I, honestly, I couldn't I couldn't watch it without thinking about his poor wife. Because <laughs> apparently if it's Gaga got rid of her fiance between... right before the ceremony. So she didn't have to worry about it. She had no guilt. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, if it's anyway. just a friendship between the two, awesome for okay. them. I just have a hard time. Is it? Yeah. Well, that's, that. how many friends have you had that you've done that with? No, <laughs> I'm, no. Trying to, I'm trying to count how <laughs> so. many. It's it's somewhere around half a dozen. <laughs> I mean, I if there's know. one I just... thing I came out of this Oscar season with, though, I, I, I've thought Bradley Cooper for a while is just a total douchebag. <laughs> like oh, wow. that that's been my feelings toward him. Even though I love Silver Linings Playbook, like I just yeah. did not get a good impression of him. And I thought this film, even though you could say you know it's his passion project and he's self-absorbed or whatnot and took on taking on this i have a lot of respect for him for getting up there when he knows he's not as strong of a singer as she is for he just you know put it all out there i don't know yeah i actually agree with that i do i've never been a fan of bradley cooper and then seeing this movie it totally like it made me respect him in some way because the movie's really well directed (laughs) yeah and he's he's good in it so yeah. yeah, yeah. My opinion of him shot through the roof. I'd say not that he even cares. Obviously, the guy can't even <laughs> sing, and he goes up on stage. I actually and pretends think to be he singer, cares. So I, I actually think he cares very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So I agree with that totally. Uh, so Rami Malek wins Best Actor for Bohemian Rhapsody. Not a surprise. Um, but again, this is like Eddie Redmayne winning for Stephen Hawking. It's like okay, you know, all right. Um, <laughs> Get some prosthetic teeth, and you don't even have to sing those songs. You don't even have to do the real thing, and you're, that's it. Did you see nope. what happened to Rami after he accepted the award? He took a tumble. I heard about it. <laughs> he fell off the stage, and they put Did him they in like get concussion that on protocol. That they wouldn't let him sit up. Like, during, oh, no. yeah, yeah, they really did. They 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 had ambulance come down, and they like they they treated him like he was a football player who had a concussion. Like, okay, <laughs> Rami. <laughs> At least it wasn't on the telecast. Like that was. Um, That's what I was saying when people said that. I'm like, did I just miss something? I throw a party, and so I get distracted. <laughs> I thought I had just missed it. Where but, was Chris Evans to help him down the? I mean, <laughs> catch him in his, his arms. Right? I mean, <laughs> he was seated front and center, and I'm, I'm I'm racking my brain, being like, okay, what was Chris Evans in? What what is he nominated for? Why is yeah, he? Why is, I was going to fl- say, why is he there? That's his Rose. thing now, though, isn't it? He's the one who shepherds all of them up to the stage. Is that an official capacity, or is he just like being a Boy Scout? Like I saw a, a picture of him doing that with Betty White, and that wasn't this year. That that was a previous oh. year. So I think that's his position now. Oh, I just assume he snuck in there, and he's just like, yeah, I'm maybe. not nominated for anything, but I'm getting camera time. Because <laughs> like, when was it Regina King that went up there and he jumped up out of his seat yeah. to help her, and I'm like. Uh, easy, Chris. Easy. She can. I mean, I'm, I'm, she's capable of getting up these mm-hmm. steps herself. Like you know, you know. Don't, don't even dare take a little bit of Regina's spotlight here. But he has to be Captain America, Captain um, Oscars. Related question. <laughs> so because this is a because this is ABC and because they had no hosts, they kept saying that they were going to bring the Avengers together, and they didn't. So who was the holdout? Who wouldn't do it? <laughs> 
because you know Chris Evans would have wanted to. Well, Robert Downey Jr. is not getting out of bed for less than $10 million. Yeah, no. (laughs) We'll start there. (laughs) There's no way that he was being sold on that page. I also like to think Chris Hemsworth has self-respect. And wouldn't do it. Probably. Um, but, I, but I don't know that, that that's true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Looking forward to him in the Hulk movie. Or uh, Hulk Hogan movie. Excuse me. <laughs> different Hulk. Oh, boy. <laughs> different Hulk. <laughs> uh, different Avenger. Um, uh. Any other highlights? Any other highlights or lowlights worth calling out? I'm looking. <laughs> I know. I'm looking, too. I think... There, again, there's really only one major surprising moment. So I didn't, uh, again, I didn't watch the telecast at all. Um, how political were the speeches? Because I know that's like a big thing. They always talk about the uh, the actors get on their soapboxes and get political in their speeches. Was this yeah. one particularly egregious as far as the, the speeches went? I didn't think so. Spike Lee was the Spike only one Lee. that really stands out to me as being political. Yeah. As I said, you can, you can get an answer to your questions, Aaron, by just reading the tweets of our president of these United States. Because if any of them got political, he will have tweeted about it. And he did. He tweeted I'm, about Spike Lee. So. I oh, would, yeah. but I'm blocked. So I can't see his It tweets. was uh, a joke about, uh, about Mexico not paying for the wall. It wasn't a direct Trump uh, bit, uh, oh. but it was, a, it was a joke. And it was actually pretty funny. Um, and uh, But yeah, it, it was actually surprisingly it wasn't. It's almost like people are tired. Tired of talking about it's fatigue like, yeah. yeah yeah plus it's like one night to not have to think about you know what uh, what otherwise dominates the headlines and whatnot so that's kind of the feeling i got yeah. um oh uh free solo got documentary which i was thrilled with and yeah. spider-man and oh, spider-verse yeah. my favorite film of the year one best uh animated feature should have been nominated for best picture if i'm being honest um only three animated films in history have been nominated for best picture can you name them uh oh, I'm sure I can't. Toy Story three. Yes. Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Oh, it's got an Inside Out. No. Close. The no. Simpsons movie. It's, it's my favorite. It's another Pixar, Pixar one, isn't yeah, it? It's my, it's my very favorite up. Pixar film. Yeah. It's up. Yeah. Hi. You got it. Uh yeah, Spider Man and the Spider Verse should have been nominated. It's ridiculous that we nominated Vice and we're not nominating, obviously, what I thought was the best film of the year or movie of the year. I don't know what to call it. Um, experience of Great. the year um, Yeah so that was really cool to see Once again uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller were up there They tweeted out a link to this podcast um, When we talked about Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse And I, I'm just I'm still riding from that high um, <laughs> Well we invited them the, on but they uh, declined They did decline Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. at least they sent their publicist to respond to our request But that's okay <laughs> no. Um, um about the free solo win though. Yeah. Loved that one. Um, especially because they brought Alex and his girlfriend up and um yeah. now I can't remember the director's name who's giving the speech, but yeah. she says uh to do you pronounce her name Sunny? Anyway, to the girlfriends like yeah. you had your own mountain to climb. We really and she starts thanking her, and I was thinking they were not gonna thank Alex at all. <laughs> that was kind was of a certain, great moment. I was certain they weren't going to. <laughs> Like, it's kind of great because I'm that woman went through a lot. <laughs> I know. So. Well, there. So she says in their acceptance speech, there, there wasn't a movie without you, and she's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You have Alex, the subject of this film, who's doing a miraculous and incredible thing, is wholly uninteresting on camera. He's the worst kind of person, <laughs> a personality to put in front of a camera and expect them to be charismatic and dynamic. I mean, he's the opposite of that. 
yeah. I I'm shocked to even let them film him. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's really surprising. So she does add this emotional core, um, even though you're mm-hmm. kind of rooting for the whole time to be like, you can do better than like yep. <laughs> this guy. I know he's doing amazing things and he's breaking history, but like, I think that there's better you people. More than that. Well, if she isn't in that movie, that's a totally different dynamic because then you're totally. starting to root against Alex. Like at that, by the time you get to the oh. end of the movie, you want him to, you want to see him fail. So, yeah. <laughs> totally. I did movie. not want to see him fail. Well, yeah, either well, he, way, he, got, he gets to the Boulder problem. And I'm like, at this point, I'm fine either way. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Uh, what did yeah, you so What did you think about Queen performing? Um, so I actually, I knew Adam Lambert had been touring and doing the Freddie Mercury part. And I, I look, anyone who tries, mm-hmm. anyone who is tasked with filling the shoes of Freddie Mercury, I feel for that. I feel for them because they just won't be able to do it. Um, yeah. and I, but I realized I actually never had even seen a YouTube clip or heard a, a version of Adam Lambert singing these songs. And I was struck with how bad the, the, we will rock you. It was, got, it got better with, we are the champions. It was like, okay, you know, he has some range and it sounded a little more Freddie-esque, but initially I was like, Oh, the, he's actually very bad as the front man. It's not even <laughs> filling Freddie's shoes, but he just sounds bad. Um, I'm a little bit, I mean, I feel like it was such a prop to bring out Brian May and the whole queen, you know, it was like the reason yeah. why this was such a successful movie was because people love listening to queen. You know, it's kind of gimmicky. Like it was a successful movie because people love listening to queen songs, even if the narrative yeah. itself wasn't great. And so it was like, let's make the Oscars, which really was in danger of not being great. Let's just throw queen in front of them because that's yep. what worked for the movie. <laughs> and maybe, you know, it'll, it's like, I don't know, putting on a lipstick on a pig a little bit, but uh, the crowd seemed to love it. I still think it was a genius move. Um, like I said, I was having a party, so I was not really paying well, it attention. Worked. And it worked. No one in I the mean, room with me seemed into it at all. So we, none of us cared. But yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else? Um, I think we all, do. We hit all the big stuff. No, I think so. Overall. Like, it was fine. It went all right, but there weren't too many moments to talk about because there was no host. So, and it just really went from category to category. So, not a whole lot to recap. <laughs> yeah. I guess oh, it's worth noting Mahershala Ali for the second year in a row gets a supporting actor Oscar, uh, which is he great. didn't a huge fan of his. Two years ago, but yeah. Oh, it was two years ago. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I thought it was back to back. But so You're close right. still. Yeah. I mean, that, that's year, still right? so rare. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Um, all right. You guys want to talk? You want to go back in time? You want to go back in time 10 years <laughs> to the uh, the Oscars from the films of 2008? You ready to talk I'm, Slumdog Millionaire? Uh, I'm definitely in <laughs> unless uh, we're jumping in the hot tub time machine because I'm out if that's the case. <laughs> Did that come out? I that won't year? do it. I, w- I feel like it did. I don't know. It's one of the snubs. <laughs> oh gosh, that's a movie that has not aged well whatsoever. Was that that <laughs> no. long ago? That was ten I, years ago. They've made at least a couple sequels, right? I don't know. Oh gee whiz! It feels like a movie that could be made in like three weeks, though. <laughs> it, it's 2010 for the record. Ah, okay. Almost uh, ten years. You could have had years. me at that point. Um. <laughs> 
So as I mentioned at the top of the pod, I want to go through and just revisit the, the main winners and the nominees from the films that had come out in 2008, and as well as talk about any notable snubs. Uh, this is the year that Slumdog Millionaire won Best Picture. And this was also n- notable that the last year that there were only five Best Picture nominees. And we'll talk a little bit about why that was the, the last year. But the, uh, the nominees were Slumdog Millionaire, uh, the curious case of Benjamin Button. I was going to say the curious nomination of Benjamin Button. <laughs> um, Frost Nixon, Milk, and The Reader. And so what's interesting <laughs> looking at that for me, and I'm curious what that immediately, what feelings that they elicit from the two of you. But for me, it's, there, there's this formula, this pattern, this expectation of like, there's always one or two of these completely f- Oscar fluff films that have not stood the test of time. Even, even then it may have felt weird, but it's these ones that were made for Oscars. It's kind of like the Weinstein shop of like, they used to just make, you know, a lot of their movies were just Oscar campaigns, you know, where it's like put in Oscar nominated actors and actresses and hopefully let's get awards. And for me, there's two movies that just stick out as ultimate, like, you know, these are so far down the list of the best films of this year. And the fact that they're nominated among five is crazy. Uh, I'm sure you can guess which two those are. (laughs) I feel like there are more options than that. Okay, maybe there are. Maybe there are. But for me, The Reader, for one. The Reader. (laughs) Unbelievable. And then Frost and Nixon, not a, I mean, it's not a film that I, you know, dislike in any way. It was, it was enjoyable to watch the first time. It was interesting. It has some good performances. But it is, it's, I forgot about it about three <laughs> hours after I saw it, and I've never thought about it since. I mean, it's just not like, it doesn't have staying power. It's just, it's a Netflix movie, and it's a mediocre one at best, right? Like, that's, um, yeah. So, like, those two to me are just ones that are like, I can't believe we've, they, we, they fell for nominating these two movies. Like, what are we doing? Like, just because it's about Nixon doesn't mean that it's important. Like, doesn't mean that we need to nominate it. It's not going to go in the Library of Congress. Like, come on. Well, I mean, that <laughs> the is like the whole, the, the, well, the whole thing about the Frost-Nixon thing is actually pretty interesting. But the movie itself is is not great. Yeah, watch the interview. The actual yeah, interview yeah, exactly. the movie is based on is super interesting. <laughs> the event. Yeah, uh, the event is very interesting. But the movie, not so great. And yeah. I, I totally blame Ron Howard for that because he's the master of making things just sem- uh, just tepidly interesting. Um, the reader. I don't. <laughs> I can think of no better person to direct a movie about a TV interview than Ron Howard. <laughs> it's perfect. What? Can I ask what the reader is? I've never seen it. I don't know what yeah, the reader yeah. is. <laughs> okay, question. here's. <laughs> okay, this is my favorite Oscar ceremony ever because it's when Hugh Jackman hosted. Oh yeah. Do you okay. guys remember this? Absolutely. And so he had oh, this yeah. opening number where he sang a bit about every single movie. But even that year, that like the reader was out and people were supposedly voting on it. His bit about the reader was the reader. I haven't seen the reader. I meant to see it, but I didn't. And so like, funny. that was the whole bit. No one saw it. No one cared about it even then. <laughs> so oh, it's, yeah. So I looked up the rotten tomato score for these five films and the reader has the lowest. I'm surprised how low it was. It's 63%. Oh, 63. The next lowest was, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button with 71. Can we talk about oh Benjamin Button? Because I think it had 13 nominations. Is that right? I, I, it was, it was the It led all movies with nominations. But it became the classic, you know, nominated for a million and didn't win any or, or very few. Like one or two of a technical or something. Um, 
I'm curious to That's know what you guys thought about that movie when you first saw it and how many times you've seen it since and if you feel like that nomination's <laughs> aged well. Um, I remember liking it when I first saw it, but thinking <laughs> it was long. <laughs> I can't remember, really, and that says it all right there, I think. Like, I, haven't, I don't think I've seen it since then. So there you go. Yeah, I've only seen it the one time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's my least favorite David Fincher movie. I can't even believe yep. that it's a David Fincher movie. It's it. I know it is. It doesn't seem like it's one. shocking how different, how vastly different that movie is than the rest of David Fincher's resume. Um, it's not a good movie. First of all, it's just not. It's it's. Uh, it has a gimmick and it has a premise that unless you buy into it, um, you're not going to like the movie. And I didn't buy into it. I did. It's just stupid to me. So, it's something that just totally uh, fell flat from, you don't from the very first scene. The, you don't. You don't think that's possible to age that way? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, <that's, laughs> I mean, I remember the I effects just, being startling, startlingly good, startlingly good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, Fincher. He got nominated for Best Picture. He got nominated for Best Director. He deserves an Oscar. But the fact, like, this is just social this network. It. Yeah, he, yeah. It's. I mean, this is definitely my least favorite movie of his. It is a worse and more depressing version of Forrest Gump. That's what this movie is. Exactly. That's, that's what's so crazy. <laughs> that's about it exactly. Like, so say what you will about Forrest Gump, but at least it, it attempts to have some charm and some humor. And at least it it wants you to have fun with it. Curious case of Benjamin Button wants to take you on that same experience, but no fun. None at all. Uh, very dreary and, uh, yeah, not fun. So I mean, so yeah, we, we, saw, we saw a movie with a similar premise, kind of, I guess. Robin Williams' Jack. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Um, <laughs> it's, it, they did it better. They did, the movie Jack did it better than yeah. the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. <laughs> that the movie say Jack is terrible, man. So, uh, <laughs> it's a very different kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. Same premise, done better, I would say. Wow. Um, Rest in peace, Robin. So, so these other nominees. I uh, first off, let's. I, I just want to ask the question: Is Slumdog Millionaire the right choice out of that group? Here's. I'm going to give you my spiel about yeah. this, as I told you guys before we were recording. Um, at the time, I didn't watch rated R movies, and this is before I. Now I watch all the films that are nominated. So this is long before then. You only watch. I have R's not. Now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll watch them all now. Um, no reservations. Um, but they. I haven't come back and watched many of these because no one talks about them, so I didn't feel the need. Like, if I'm going to take the time to go back and watch things, it was, you know, The Godfather and obvious movies that I need to know for film history. None of these were really that. Um, But I have seen Slumdog Millionaire, and I love it. (laughs) So it feels like... No. Okay. Is that one good? Do I need to see it then? You know, I, I think um, I think Milk is very overrated. It's not a bad movie though. It actually has. Really I have good feelings about Sean Penn. Yeah. <laughs> so then you're not going to. And they're not it. positive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like it has good performance. You got Josh Brolin and James Franco both. I think doing really good work here. Um, I feel like the narrative uh, and as a whole, like a film as a whole, like didn't totally work for me. I think it's interesting. 
I don't think it was worthy of a nomination for Best Picture. I don't think it was worthy of a nomination, let alone a win for the script. Uh, I think the performances were the strength of this film, not the writing. But this is this we did see Dustin Lance Black get his uh, get the Oscar for, I believe, adapted screenplay. Excuse me, original original screenplay. The adapted screenplay winner was Slumdog Millionaire. Um, and so it's interesting for the for to see it win for that, um, where I thought that was more the more weaker. But yeah. It, it, it's a pretty over. I, I thought it's very overrated at the time. It certainly has aged better than the reader uh, in Frost Nixon and <laughs> Benjamin Button, but uh, still, I'm I, I feel very mixed on it. Uh, well, Milk is. Was, I mean, you should probably mention that it's directed by Gus Van Sant, who is like. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of uh, eccentric, I guess you should say. It's probably his like second most accessible movie after Goodwill Hunting. Yes. Which is really weird that he directed Goodwill Hunting, but uh, so Milk is like a, it's a little you know avant-garde-ish, I guess. It's not a totally traditional narrative, um, but it's just not really that good of a movie. I wouldn't say <laughs> it's not particularly interesting in any way. And if you're not a fan of Sean, um, uh, what's his name, Sean Penn, then you're not going to like the movie. So that's great. I'll skip it. Yeah. So he <laughs> won the best actor this year. Okay. <laughs> And is Sean, I guess the question is, is Sean Penn a good actor? <laughs> I mean, so I am a I, fan. I'm a fan okay. of Sean Penn, but I understand that as a human being, he's, he's mm-hmm. not a good person. Um, mm-hmm. But Sean Penn, the actor, I think his career is actually really impressive. I think he's given some really good performances. Not of late, though. Of late, it's been all, all pretty much bad. But younger Sean Penn, he was really good. He was so really, in that really category good. that he won for Best Actor, um, the other nominees were Richard Jenkins for The Visitor, uh, Frank Langella for Frost Nixon, Brad Pitt for Benjamin Button, and Mickey Rourke <laughs> for The Wrestler. Uh, for me, it's, it's <laughs> Mickey Rourke, and it's not close. He should have won. I feel like this is one of the ones where I would grab, for me, it's the, uh, they got this one wrong. I, I just Mickey Rourke is so incredible in The Wrestler. Also, Darren Aronofsky was not nominated for Best Director. That's one of my snubs I had written down. Uh, I I'd actually looked up news articles about what was considered a snub when these nominees came out. And it, there actually wasn't <laughs> as much outrage as there usually is. But the no, the peop, the one the primary one was the Best Picture snub, which was The Dark Knight, which was the movie phenomenon uh, of of two thousand eight. And the fact that you know they limit themselves to five movies and they're putting in the reader, um, you know, it's you know the Academy doesn't nominate comic book movies, even ones directed by someone like Christopher Nolan and one that was universally loved and uh, highly lauded by critics. And uh, all it got was the Heath Ledger nomination. And so, um, ever since then, they've expanded the category to where each year they can have up to ten nominees. I think this year we had eight. So it depends. It depends on their convoluted voting system, uh, how many nominees there will be. But they finally expanded it, which is hilarious because I don't think they've they've ex- with that expansion. I don't think they've put it to good use. I don't think for the most part <laughs> no. it's like more more um, the readers and more Frost Nixons are getting in and not the Dark Knights. I mean, I guess we did get Black Panther, uh, which we wouldn't have if Black Panther came out in two thousand eight. It would not have been nominated. And so I, I think that is it is good to see it get nominated this year, um, but it uh, took ten years for a comic book movie to make it in after expanding it specifically for that reason. There have been a lot of well-reviewed comic book movies in that ten years, which is yeah. Is smart. So another one for me is uh, In Bruges uh, was nominated for a mm. screenplay from Martin McDonough. Um, I love In Bruges. 
I, I'm here for Bruges. Mm-hmm. It's wild, it's weird, it's zany. I love it. And I think uh, Colin Farrell should have been nominated. He was not. Uh, I think Brendan Gleeson, there's an argument to be made that he should have been nominated for su- in a supporting role, and he was not. <laughs> uh, I, and I would have loved to have seen it in for a movie. I don't, Martin McDonough didn't necessarily have to get in there for directing. I would have been fine with it. But like for, for a movie, if they had the whole expanded 10 thing, I would have liked to have seen in Bruges in there as well. Um, but a notable snub that year that I'm totally fine <laughs> being excluded was Gran Torino. <laughs> <laughs> but this is really uh, what the, like the Hollywood trade publications were like, we can't believe Clint Eastwood was snubbed. It's like, well, did you see the movie? Because I can. I can. I swear <laughs> he was nominated for that. It's surprising to me that he wasn't. I feel like Gran he always Torino? gets in for that kind of role. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah. yeah. It blows my mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really blows my mind. Wally is also a snub in terms of uh, best picture. Wally, had, oh yeah, ninety five percent rotten. Who uh, who directed Wally? Uh, Andrew Stanton. Oh wow, okay. So. And the expanded best pictures did that category um, did correct like the animated film thing yeah, because that's how we got up and yeah. Toy Story yeah. three in there. That's right. Although that's right. I think those were only when. So immediately after this, they did, it was 10, like set it 10. And then two years later, then that's when they made it more flexible. And we haven't gotten another animated one in since. (laughs) So I don't know what that means. but Spider-Verse. Absolutely should have been in there. Um, Yeah. (laughs) The other notes I've written down, again, these are from the articles I had looked up. Uh, Clint Eastwood, not just for directing, but for acting was a notable snub. No. Which is amazing. Are you serious? I will say what has stood the test of time is the meme of him doing the get off my lawn. Like, (laughs) so there's something to be said about that staying power, you know? Um, And look, I, I think Clint Eastwood is an icon and he's made incredible work, both as an actor, as a director. This is one of his worst things he's ever done, both from behind the camera and in front of it. It's just not good. And so the fact that, you know, seeing Clint Eastwood not get nominated, people are like, I, they're so used to him getting nominated for everything, right? It's just an immediate mm-hmm. snub. Also, Dev Patel for Slumdog Millionaire did not get nominated. Which oh. is noteworthy. I love Dev. So, um, yeah, the actress uh, category, it was, uh, was it Kate Winslet that won? Yeah, and that's yeah. that's a career achievement thing, too. It is a career I think at the time... Was it her seventh, sixth, or seventh? Like it was, it was a lot of nominations at wow. that point. And was really, she, this is the Oscar she deserved for Titanic okay. or Sense and Sensibility or <laughs> many yeah. other options. Eternal yeah. Sunshine. Like there are so many better perform. Oh, well, I, mean, I, I haven't seen right. the reader, obviously, but yeah. yeah. Um, I think we, we should we all watch the reader and come back on and discuss. Yeah, we should do. <laughs> yes, we should do. We should Actually, talk about yeah. <laughs> Uh, the other nominees were Anne Hathaway for Rachel Getting Married, which is an, a pretty interesting um, experience. Uh, Angelina Jolie for Changeling, which I actually enjoyed that movie. Uh, Melissa Leo for Frozen River and Meryl Streep for Doubt. Um, look, I think Meryl Streep is a, obviously is an incredible icon, maybe the one of, if not the best, uh, you know, actor uh, ever. She's up there. She's in the Mount Rushmore, and uh, I do think she gets <laughs> over nominated. In this case. She should have won. She should have won. She was should heads it, heads and shoulders above the rest of these nominees. It's not even close. She should have won. I mean, should she is that so movie good in that have? Movie. 
Should that movie have been in for Best Picture just on the performances alone? So it's interesting. Because it got four acting nominations. And it feels a little bit like a play. And and I think that was its knock against it was that it doesn't feel like a movie. That it's just there to prop up these performances. Um, Yeah. And I don't know. I I I like that one, though. I liked it a lot. I think that was excellent. I I mean, absolutely. I put it over four of three of the nominees in there. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it should have been in there. (laughs) I liked it so much that I'm I'm going to share a hot take with you. The supporting actor category. This was the one for sure thing going in was that Heath Ledger, you know, as the Joker was going to get it. And it's certainly posthumously. But, like, I'm sorry. Um, We can't confuse. This is a hot take. This is a hot take. (laughs) I'm going to challenge you. I enjoyed his portrayal of the Joker very much. Uh, he did a very, very good job. Uh, Jack Nicholson did it first, but he did a very good job. Uh, no, it's a joke. Jack Nicholson was not good. Um, no, but, but seriously, <laughs> he was awesome in that role. But we, but we so often confuse transformation in a role as being the good acting, right? Like it's – you need to – like because someone transforms and they're unrecognizable – Oftentimes it's just so easier. It's so much easier to be swept away with like everything they're doing is good because I can't believe this is Heath Ledger. I, I certainly don't think he gave a bad performance. He's very good in this movie. But like, I'm sorry, Philip Seymour Hoffman gave you better acting performance in doubt. It's not close. Uh, he was required to do a lot more. There was no transformation. I did not see Philip Seymour Hoffman putting on pounds. Well, maybe he put on a few pounds, but that wasn't for the role. <laughs> but like, he, you know what I mean? He didn't did do these wild transformations that the Academy loves to throw hardware at, you know? But yeah. he, he had dialogue where he had to stand in a room with Meryl Streep and go toe to toe with her. And the thing that this, this delicate balance they have where they go back and forth and they, they keep raising, like upping the ante as they're you know, their dialogue and their exchanges and it's electric and it's incredible. And it's some of just the best acting scene acting I've ever seen. And yeah, he was a, he gave a better performance than Heath Ledger, um, you know, rest in peace. Uh, you know, to both it, of them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know it's sad. Uh, I mean, uh, Heath, Heath Ledger died for playing the role of the Joker and, and Philip Seymour from died for playing that, the role of that Catholic priest. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad joke. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was a bad. Joke. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Thanks. Normally, normally I would totally agree about the transformation thing, like this year with Christian Bale and Vice, and uh, last year with uh, Gary Oldman, and uh, like all of those, I don't tend to be that impressed with impressions of real people. But I think. Heath Ledger, he just made the Joker his own. It, there were a lot of versions of the Joker beforehand, but it was nothing like that. The way that he reinvented that character and brought something new to it, I think, is worth noting. So I don't think it falls really into that category of, you know, the, people. The it was a transformation with yeah, makeup and There's whatnot, but maybe not to the same extent as some of these other ones are. Yeah. It, but the thing is, had we just just waited a few more years to see... Jared Leto, you know, realize his vision as the Joker. <laughs> then we would have realized the best Joker performance was yet to come. Heath Ledger would have won even more. We're <laughs> getting Joaquin Phoenix doing it too. Oh, I cannot <sighs> wait. I, Actually, you know, I love Joaquin Phoenix. Snub for this year. What Joaquin Phoenix should have gotten in. Oh, yeah. He was excellent. Oh, he's so good. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's true. That is a snub. He's amazing. Um, Supporting actress uh, category, Penelope Cruz won for Vicky Cristina Barcelona. I have not seen that movie, so I can't pretend to have any take on that. It's good. But I, it's a really good movie. I will say there's the two nominations for 
uh, doubt in this category for Amy Adams and Viola Davis. Viola Davis on screen for just a few minutes. Uh, she's excellent in her scene and very deserving, uh, but it's pretty incredible what she does with the limited time she has. But Marissa Tomei uh, in The Wrestler was the best actress in this group. And I think she should have won, even though, again, I say that I didn't see Penelope Cruz. Maybe she is deserving. But for me, it's out of what I've seen. It's Marissa Tomei. Uh, Taraji P. Henson was nominated for Benjamin Button. I didn't know she was in that movie. And I saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was writing this down. I was like, this can't be right. Uh, no, she's in there. Uh, so anyway, that's my take on that. Yeah. Can cool. we go, can we go back to the best supporting actors that didn't win? Oh, yes. Just yes. because yeah. I think this group of supporting actors were actually better than the best actor category. Totally. Totally agree. If you want to read off the yeah, list. So, yeah, the actors. Out here, which I, oh, I already read those off. The supporting. What'd you say? The ones, the actors that didn't win. Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder. Oh, okay. Josh so I was Brolin and Milk. This. I was avoiding this. <laughs> Speaking of things that haven't aged well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We've accepted it. You got to accept it. So it was a performance. How about Michael Shannon for Revolutionary Road? Is, is that the first time like he really became kind of yes. a household name? Yeah. Yep. This was I know he'd been acting forever, stuff. but... You've been acting forever, but this was the first time it was like Michael Shannon is serious. He's arrived on scene. Like he's a, he's going to uh, be was excellent in, in that. He, yes, he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I Josh was going to Bro- say the same. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just say just Josh Brown for milk was the other nominee. So. I was going to say the same for Viola Davis. Like, did she, oh, yeah. I think that's when she actually, I started being in everything and oh, being nominated for everything. Well, there was a, qu- a clear feeling so, of like, okay, she didn't win this category, but that woman is getting an Oscar. Like, it's just a matter yeah. of time. And sure enough, you know, uh, yeah. very deserving. Hopefully of Michael shoes. Shannon too then. I know. Because he's excellent. I know. He's been Michael in so Shannon's many good great. things since. Michael Shannon is, uh, he's a great actor, but he's also an interesting individual. You'll, you oh, say really? He's got some hot takes. Problematic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say personally. I don't think he's problematic. No, but I, he definitely has some hot takes. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, Google him, kids, flip phone, you... which I find problematic. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Mah- Mahershala Ali was in Curious Case of Benjamin Button. So how oh, didn't wow. he sneak his way what? in here? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. He was? Yeah, I had to double check, but I thought I remembered that, and so wow surprised that not really but <laughs> yeah See, I would know these how far he's come that movie. <laughs> wow uh, so overall i feel like the academy did pretty good this year if we're looking at that year in film in a time capsule like they, they did pretty good um of course i wanted a little bit more for love for the wrestler or in bruges but like i don't have a lot of complaints i think they picked the right movie out of the nominee they picked the wrong group of nominees um but they picked the right movie, thankfully. So that 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 could have been disastrous. Um, and then, again, like, I mean, Sean Penn. I don't need him with another Oscar. Did he win an Oscar for I Am Sam? He probably did. I think that he uh, did win for I Am Sam. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> gosh. That I is a movie that you probably don't want to revisit in do, 2019. Do, do not revisit. <laughs> yeah, Sean Penn doesn't want you revisiting it. Uh, the How people about, who made that movie don't want you. Oh yeah, I mean everybody wants to forget that thing, along with movies like Radio, and um, there's quite a few. There's quite Radio. a few that we we should probably forget. Cuba. Can we just mention real quick 2008 Best Documentary? 
Man yes. on Wire. I was going to mention it. Yes. Yay. Yes, yes, yes. Man on Wire so is excellent. Great. One of my favorite documentaries of all time. One of the best documentaries ever. Should we? Oh, so good. Should we consider documentaries in the best picture category? In the way yeah. that animated? Because Man on Wire. Definitely. That's one that. That like, one, absolutely. That that has a shot at winning the Oscar for Best Picture if it if it had it had it been allowed to be nominated. I mean, that's that's a transcendent piece of documentary filmmaking. That's something special. Is that a rule that it can't be nominated? Oh, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it can. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, I mean, that's unfortunate. You definitely want to fact check me on that. Uh, I said that yeah, pretty there, confidently. There, yeah, I think no, I think you're right. There's actually a lot of weird rules about documentary in within yes. the Academy, hmm. like. Uh, you can't have um, you actually have to you can't use um, your your movie can't be all file footage like it has to be there has to be new things that have shot been shot for the movie. Mm-hmm. There's a documentary called Senna that came out a few years ago that oh, I thought was yeah. incredible, and uh, it was it wasn't nominated because all the footage um, had been shot in the past. So all they did was basically edit re-edit it. it together, um, which was just a that's bunk. But That's I think a movie so like Man on Wire inspired this year's documentary filmmaker. I don't think this year's gets made without having some sort of inspiration in Man on Wire. I think there's similar tones and yeah. similar themes. And I think um, uh, just Man on Wire is incredible. If you guys haven't seen that movie, please go out and watch it. Please download it. I think it's on Netflix, maybe, or Amazon. Um, well, it didn't inspire. Amazing. It didn't just inspire this year's you know, documentary It in, uh, nominees. It inspired... Uh, uh, Robert Zemeckis. It inspired Robert Zemeckis. To, <laughs> I was waiting for it <laughs> to take this, to take this this incredible story, and to find the best French actor on earth, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, doing the best. Levey, I mean, believe that's how you pronounce it. I mean, this he does a better French accent than the guy from The Artist. Um, I mean, <laughs> he's from. He's a French actor. Uh, yeah, what's, talk about just what's a, that one called? Adaptation. <laughs> I can't remember what the remake is called. The dramatic remake. The walk. What is it called? The Walk. Called the there walk. you go. Yeah. The Walk. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, Skip rough. that one. Skip. That Skip one. the Walk. Saw it in 3D though. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh gosh. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, all right. I think anything else you guys want to touch on? Any any notes or tidbits about 2008 Oscars you wanted to get in? No. <laughs> yeah. no, I think you hit it all. It was it was a decent year. I think um, year. this year was also just a decent year. Nothing too incredible. Um, let's hope for better things in 2019. So yeah, I have one last question um, to kind of close out this pod. I want to know what you guys are. What's the film that you're most looking forward to seeing in 2019? I mean, currently it's yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah what a great trailer i would yeah i would say it, that's the one i love the beatles i love it danny it is danny boyle the isn't it rhapsody effect of like the music is going to get people in now this one thankfully looks like it has a story and yeah. it's not based on it's on a <laughs> biopic you know um yeah but yeah oh it looks good it looks very good for me it's uh, avengers endgame Stop. No, it's not. <laughs> I know it's not. I just need to find out what happened. What the happened? people that were. I need to find I'm out. I'm genuinely excited to know what happens, though. <laughs> well, I can't even I imagine how they're going to. Um, let's just. I mean, hint. There is. I mean, yeah. There's a time stone, and 
nothing. Oh yeah, they're all coming back. No one stays but... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're not. Have you guys thought about that? Maybe they're not yeah. coming back. Yeah. This. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I have. The, the Black Panther sequel is going to be not great. <laughs> without without uh, <laughs> Um Yeah, it's going to be a really awkward movie. Um, um, Aaron and what Jake Gyllenhaal you? will just be fighting himself in Far From Home. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, for, I'll say for me, it's it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So Quentin Tarantino is back. That's a good one. And uh, yeah, that's well, definitely I, mine as well. By the way, I'm ready for good. Good Tarantino again. I mean, I was fine um, with Hateful Eight, uh, but it just, for me, it wasn't, you know, wasn't top tier Tarantino. Uh, it was still a great experience going to yada, yada, whatever is fine. I, I'm ready to like, I want the Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Inglorious Bastards version of Tarantino filmmaking. Uh, and I'm excited because this looks like it has all the makings of that. Um, it will be controversial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to that, and of course episode nine. But I'm starting to get nervous more than I am excited. So <laughs> very very nervous actually. <laughs> just wrap shooting, and I'm I, I had the sinking feeling the other night when I saw the tweet from JJ Abrams that he wrapped shooting, and I I just realized like oh he may have just made a bad movie. He may have just finished wrapping something that's like not. Gonna oh be no. Bad. I'm just afraid. <laughs> Don't person. say it quickly. JJ Abrams' three best movies. What are they? Uh, on his best movie, is Super Eight. So, okay. Anyway. Mission Impossible Three, which is one of my favorite Mission Impossible movies. Okay, it's really. And honestly, the first Star Trek film is very entertaining, and Chris Pine is great in it. I, I those those are three great blockbuster. Okay. Fair, like those are enjoyable movies, and I like The Force Awakens. I, you know, I certainly I I think I liked it more than you, Aaron. Uh, what yeah, I don't I was not like a fan. is that I think he's going to try and give a middle finger to Ryan Johnson by undoing some of the things he did in Last Jedi, and that's what makes me nervous. I mean, you say undoing, I say fixing. So, <laughs> so nice work, JJ. Oh. oh, gosh. There's already talk of Adam Driver getting nominated as Kylo Ren, he, which I, mean, I, I think is that. interesting. I think oh, me got, too. He should have been nominated for The Last Jedi, if we're being honest. I, I, him and Daisy Ridley in that movie. He's that incredible. Movie. I mean, even with all the criticisms, and even, even for the people who really hated The Last Jedi, I just think there's no denying the they're the parts of both Daisy Ridley and at that whole storyline, everything from yeah. their conversations all the way to the, to the throne room sequence. Um, it was the strength of the film and both of them really did a terrific job. Uh, and so if he's not getting nominated for that one, I, I mean, I we'll see what he does in this one, but I'm not holding out. Can we put a year on, um, or can we make a prediction on the year that Adam driver wins his first Oscar mm. uh, before yeah. or after 2011? <laughs> Uh, excuse me, 21. Oh, it's after. It's 2021. Yeah, Probably say after. Yeah. He's I mean, really good in the report, too. Like, so good. Really? Yes. And he, it, like, oh, he's so good. <laughs> and, so the, and I feel so like he's going to be one of those, film. like, Amy Adams that never wins until he's older for something that's not nearly as good as the report. Black Klansman, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> so, man, that reminds me. We're, we're, we're going to have to save it for another pod because we're past the hour mark. But I know. Shannon, there's my segue into <laughs> getting movies? myself back on the show. <laughs> how many Sundays? Uh, you, you know you have an open invitation. Anytime. You text us and we will jump on a pod. Uh, how many, just tell us how many films did you, see, did you see at Sundance this year? 18. 18 movies. 
Uh, it none was of which a have lot. been released in any form yet. Um, I'm assuming. I mean, I'm assuming most, a lot of them probably didn't even get purchased for distribution. But those that did, I mean, they're going to see like late summer, early fall releases for the most part. Um, yeah, there were some at Sundance that have already been released. So like Fighting with My Family was at oh, Sundance. Okay. Um, it did its own like premiere thing there. Velvet Buzzsaw. There's a few that have been released. But yeah, I don't think any of the ones I saw have been yet. So. Well, we're gonna bring you back. Yeah. To do a whole, we want. I want to know. I want you to rank those eighteen movies. But I, yeah. and, and I want you to tell us what <laughs> to look out for. What to get excited about? Like, what are the movie? You talked. You teased the report with Adam Driver, which the subject matter alone, I'm very excited for. Yeah. Totally in on look that. Forward to that. that. Who's the director of that one? Is it someone noteworthy? <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah, it's Scott Burns. I'm gonna double oh, check on it. Yes, that sounds right. Or it's his. F- First, okay, now I have to remember what he's written. Yeah, um, he's a, it's no. his directorial debut, That's right. That's right. Scott Z. Burns, but what has he written before? Because he's worked on a bunch of good movies. Yes. Uh, also, none that come to mind, but he is like a famous yeah, there you screenwriter go. for movies that we can't remember. <laughs> he's worked a lot with Steven Soderbergh, apparently. Oh, Side effects, right. Contagion, The Informant. Did he do High um, Flying Bird? No. I don't think so. Yeah. No, no. Because that was the, uh, that was the guy who did uh, <laughs> 13 Years of Slave. Yeah. Well, we're going to bring you back to go through the. Okay. I'm, I'm excited to okay. get a full report and the celebrity sightings and that. I want all of it. The gossip. Yeah. Did you overhear? Because <laughs> you didn't go just as a spectator. You worked there. And so you got the inside yeah. track. You, uh, you know, you had to help Octavia Spencer with something. One, you know, like, She's very invested in Game of Thrones. That is what yeah. I learned about Octavia Spencer. <laughs> Less, yeah, which more is endearing. In Green Book, it turns out, um, yeah. <laughs> even though she's financially invested in Green Book as a producer. Um, <sighs> Had I ex- been more bold, I would have said, "How could you, Octavia?" But I didn't. Yeah, that's anyway. good. Thank you. <laughs> a lot of people are saying, "I would could never, you, Octavia, but not me." Um, <laughs> all right, uh, well, we'll be back then to get that full Sundance report, and uh, I can't wait till we get into the good part of movie season because it's February and that's the dry spell. And so, yeah. <laughs> Shannon, thanks for joining us. Thanks for yeah, thank you guys. Aaron, as always, have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts. 